0: Welcome to the South MIMS U podcast, and I think it's safe to say that this one is a bit of a game changer. Our subject is something that has touched on the lives of a great many people. I can confess that it has certainly touched on mine. And if the theory that is being discussed here today is proved to be true, the effects on all of us will be, I think, enormous. Let me introduce... Dr. Belly Trice from the Department of Food Science, which is where you find us, and I must say it's a very pleasant department with lovely cookery smells drifting over us. And and what is this lovely creation elegantly presented on a glass top table over here? It's a trifle. Oh, I, I thought it was. I've always loved trifle. I don't suppose I
1: could. Um... Well, if you want to, but I warn you, you may not like it. Well,
0: Just to tell you, listeners, this is a fabulous-looking trifle. It's very large. It's almost six inches high. It's got jelly, fruit, ice cream, lashings of whipped cream. It's absolutely beautiful. And there's a spoon here, so I I will just try a bit. And, um...
1: Ooh! (coughs) Ooh, that's horrible. It tastes of pure lard. It is lard. It's one of our experiments. A trifle made completely out of lard. Convincing, isn't it? (laughs) Well, very, But what's the point of it? Experimenting with taste and form. That's one of the things we're doing here. We also do lard that tastes of blueberries. We're very cutting edge. Right, before we go any
0: further, I must ask, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, is Belly
1: your real name? Or or maybe it's Bell I, or... Yes, I do get asked that all the time, and it is Belly. I was christened Bell, but as a kid it became Belly, and it sort of stuck. And it is kind of appropriate... As in... Well, I'm not exactly thin, am I? Um, well, no, uh, you're not exactly thin. Uh, I I wasn't going to say anything. You're far too polite, but it really doesn't bother me. I'm fat. Well, you are ample. I'm fat. That's more than ample. It's generous. In fact, I think you should be brave and use the dreaded F word. Oh, uh Well, I don't think I'm allowed to. I mean, must must be? We must. For the purpose of this interview. Say it. Go on. You'll find it liberating. I don't care. Um, fat. You're fat. Oh, say it with more feeling. Fat. You're fat. There. Doesn't that feel good? Saying it is as satisfying as a chocolate eclair. Yes, indeed. I am fat. And that is what we're going to talk about. I will be using the word freely, and the more I researched the subject, the more I realised that my name was appropriate. So I even published using it, Dr. Belly Trice. So exactly what are we going to talk about? A groundbreaking seismic discovery that's going to radically improve the lives of countless people. Well, that's certainly big talk. It is, in all senses of the word. My discovery was made in cahoots with the anthropology department. In fact, it is as much their discovery as mine. They let me publish first, which was very nice of them. We thought that our discovery would make more of a splash in the circles I have to move in than theirs. Also, we're better equipped to handle any criticism that this discovery will generate. You think it will cause a stir? Oh yes, especially in the diet industry, which is huge. There are going to be incalculably fat financial losses in that area. They're going to be reeling. I think you'd better explain. Our discovery will make, I think it's safe to say this, all other diets obsolete. All of them. And it doesn't cost anything. And you don't have to go around doing ludicrous exercises when you could be watching daytime TV. Well, if what you say is true, then that is genuinely groundbreaking. We're giving it to you first. Due to your massive listening fingers. Well, they're growing all the time. I need to give you some background. For a start, the UK diet market is worth around uh, £2 billion per year. And the American one is about £72 billion. Well, they are uh, bigger than us. Yes, in all senses. They are the 17th fattest in the world. Some Middle Eastern and Far Eastern countries are fatter, but the UK is one of the fattest in Europe. The Maltese give us a run for our money, for example, though there's not much actual running involved. <laughs> So the figures are huge in both senses. We've made a study of some of the diets that have been tried. Well, I've been on one or two myself. And so what did you find? Well, where to begin? On top of the obvious eat less, exercise more diets, there are many that are more imaginative. Would you like to hear about some of them? Well, please. There's the five two two three diet. This is a version of the five two diet. Well, actually, what's the five two diet? The five two diet is where in any seven days you eat on five days and fast on two. Oh yes, yes, I've heard of that. Does that work? Well it can do. The five two two three diet works on the same principle but looks at a month instead of a week and balances the days out accordingly. Then you weigh the days towards lean meat, pulses and dairy fats, working towards a pre calculated tipping point. And does that version work? Still waiting for the results on that one. Uh, Then there's the mindfulness diet. OK, what's involved with that? You must be a practitioner of mindfulness to get the true benefit. This one comes from, should I say, evolved from North London. First, you need an empty room or a beach or a mountaintop. Right. Most people go for the empty room. Then you get into the zone. The zone. The mindfulness zone. Then you stand near a trifle which has been placed on a table covered with a clean, white, Egyptian cotton tablecloth, preferably bathed in sunlight. Say again, you stand near it. You don't eat it. Oh, no, no, no. That's the whole point. You don't have to stand. You can sit. But no furniture. Uh, You and the trifle are sharing the same space, the mindful space. Or you could use a blancmange, or a cheesecake maybe, plenty of cream, and you you share the space for an hour or so. And? That's it. In your mindfulness, you will have absorbed the energy of the trifle, cheesecake, whatever, and your craving for sugar and cream will have been... What's the word when you satisfy a craving? Um, sated. You could say it sated or just satisfied. Well, whatever it is. Craving dealt with. Sated satisfied, maybe eliminated. Does that work? Well, I have heard positive reports. It's a lot of faff though. The room needs to be empty and only used for that. Not easy in London, on an average income. Got any more diets? Oh, hundreds. How about this? The toe diet. Toe diet? As in toe at the end of your foot? Yes, that toe. Does a toe get fat? I'm not sure. Probably. That's not what this is about. Um, you know acupuncture? Yeah, where they put needles into you. Yes, that. It's all based, I'm going to generalise a bit, on sort of sensitive areas that connect to other bits of you. You mean like chakras? Probably, something like that. Anyway, there's a theory that part of the big toe is connected to the bit of your brain that feels hunger. So all you have to do is rub, or otherwise stimulate, this part of your big toe before a large meal, and you will eat less of it, as you will lose your appetite. So, all right, so you're all dressed up in your evening gown and best
0: stilettos before a posh dinner and, and you say, excuse me a minute, hold that champagne
1: cocktail, I'm going to stimulate my big toe. Yes, celebrities are at it all the time, apparently. And does it work? Well, I think, again, the jury is still out. You have to hit exactly the right spot. There are millimetres in it. Well, you certainly are making your
0: point. Uh, You can have one more diet if you want.
1: Oh, so many, so many. Um, How about this one? The Iron Age diet. Based on the caveman diet, but you cook it in iron pots, skillets. What is the caveman diet? Meat and fruit. It's based on the theory that cavemen weren't fat. Well, how do we know? Well, we don't. It's a theory. Have you ever seen a fat caveman? Well,
0: I've never seen a caveman. And there are no fat cavemen in cave paintings, as far as
1: I know, are there? I don't know. Let me tell you about the diet. You eat what a caveman would have eaten. Fruit, berries, nuts and so on. And meat. Like uh, mammoth? (laughs) I think that's a bit rare on the supermarket shelves. Any meat. Beef, pork, that kind of meat. Or rabbit, venison, ostrich, yak. As long as it's meat... And that's it. And does that work as a diet? Oh, I don't know. I'm talking about the Iron Age diet, which is the caveman diet, but it has to be cooked in iron pots like they had in the Iron Age. The iron has an effect of some kind. And? Well, I don't think anyone has actually done it yet. Iron Age type pots are a bit thin on the ground, but it exists as a concept. I'm just giving examples of the range of diets available.
0: OK, point well made. This is all well and good, but... What is this seismic discovery
1: you are talking about? I will explain. Not long ago, I went to the Maritime Museum in Greenwich, London. A good day out? A great day out. Everyone should go. And I saw Nelson's jacket there, his coat, the one he wore at Trafalgar. Oh, Horatio Nelson's actual jacket? Yes, and I'd always thought that Nelson was quite big, you know. You think of him at the top of his column, don't you? But actually, he was quite short, a slip of a thing, and that got me thinking about all the other costumes I'd seen in other museums. I like costumes, but all of them, the figures, are quite small, and I thought of the ones I'd seen in the World War II exhibitions, all quite trim, Well,
0: at that time there was
1: rationing and acorn coffee, spam and so on. Well, exactly. Hold that thought. Spool on a couple of weeks. I went out for the day to, I won't give the name, a small seaside resort on the Essex coast. I like to go there from time to time to get away from it all. It's not fashionable, not overpriced and very relaxing. I like to sit in a cafe and watch the world go by, which I did. I can't see where this is going. Nearly there, nearly there. And as I sat there watching the world go by, I had my Damascene moment. Go on. Well, they were all fat. The people going by. All of them. Everyone was fat. The waiters, the customers, me, the men, the women. Famously, the kids, the dogs, the babies. Fat. The opposite of Nelson in the museum, who, as we said, was trim, to say the least. So? Don't you see? We've changed as a species. We've actually changed evolved the new human is fatter than the old one we're now born fat an animal will evolve to work and blend with its habitat our habitat used to be the high street greengrocers, the butchers the fish shop and so on now recently with the internet they've mostly gone nobody cooks anymore they just microwave instant meals which are mostly fat chemicals and sugar our habitat is now pizza joints burger bars and chicken shops and sugar. The modern diet and habitat are composed of fat and sugar. A modern human going on a diet is like trying to get a giraffe to have a short neck. It won't work. Fat is in our DNA. Instead of fighting it, we need to accept it. Well, that is quite a statement. I know. We decided to publish together. Once the scales have fallen from your eyes, you can see it everywhere. Fat is becoming acceptable. Even, dare I say it, desirable.
0: Well, um, well, I must confess that... Uh, yes?
1: I myself don't find thin women um, particularly attractive. Well, I'm not surprised. A lot of men still do, but the ideal female form is undoubtedly changing. You are influenced by what you see around you, advertising and so on. Yes, and we are starting to see adverts for the, um... F- uh, f- Say it, it's very satisfying on the tongue. Fat. A fuller figure on posters and so on. Yes, they're putting money into it, so it must be true. Follow the cash there's a subculture of men who openly admire the fuller figure. They're known as chubby chasers, and they're getting bigger, literally. So this is your announcement? Yes. We've discovered that the human animal is evolving before our eyes, and the new species is larger than the previous one. And according to the anthropology department, with their usual tests and calculations, it will have replaced the previous type by 2050. Well, that's ages. And in evolutionary terms it's seconds, this is amazing. We're evolving faster than the green lizards. Green lizards? They evolve fast. And it's happening before our eyes. Think about it. Well-known department stores, the ones that are left, are changing the sizes on women's clothes. What used to be size 16 is now relabeled size 14 to make the customers feel better and buy more. All to disguise the fact that they are getting fatter. Cars will have to be bigger and stronger. But there again, that is already happening. They're evolving with us. All these huge 4 by 4s is it a coincidence? No, it isn't. Well, I hadn't really noticed. Nobody has. It's a gradual process, but it's evolution. Don't fight it. Go with it. So what do we do? Nothing. You're evolving. Eat what you like. Cancel your gym membership.
0: Well, I like the gym. Do you actually go? Well, of course not. But I like the idea of going... They've got
1: nice soap in the showers, I think. I've only been twice. The anthropology department is starting a quiet revolution. You know, whenever you see a picture or diagram of a human body in a textbook or a poster on the doctor's wall or something, there's no stomach bulge to speak of. Well, the template for those pictures is changing. They will now be fatter and have a distinct stomach bulge. They will be everywhere. School textbooks, chemists, you name it. The shape of the new human. Any other places we will see changes? Um, the armed forces are an obvious one. You can't imagine a fat marine, can you? Or somebody fat in the SAS. Well, there will be plenty in a few years' time. Won't affect the police, though. A lot of them are quite well upholstered now. Generally speaking, hospital beds are already being strengthened. The desire for gastric bands will probably level off. What about the health implications? There is some evidence that hearts are growing bigger and stronger to cope with the extra weight. But what about the... Diabetes epidemic, isn't that the greatest danger? Yes, it is. We're expecting two million more in the next decade. Two million? Well, I think that is a conservative estimate. I think the entire human race will eventually develop it. And I think the human body will adapt. Diabetes is caused by the pancreas malfunctioning due to too much fat and sugar in the system. But soon the human body will adjust to this new diet of fat and sugar. We already see this in the animal kingdom when a species adapts to new surroundings and a new diet. Penguins have wings, but those are now used as fins. It will be the same sort of thing. Evolution. We are evolving in front of your eyes. I really can't believe it. Well, just look around you. The evidence is there. And when you see it, you'll be amazed that you didn't notice it before. Well, I mean, if if you're right... I am. And it's not just me.
0: Well, I, I think you've convinced me. Uh, this has been a very important, a groundbreaking interview. And it's one that was... Uh,
1: fat with facts there you love that word now don't you celebrate it yes fat fat
0: fat (laughs) fat yes i like saying that (laughs) and i'm very grateful for your decision to share your breakthrough with us uh on the south mims you podcast dr Belly trice thank you very much and goodbye dear listener